As warrior dads, we got to tackle a lot of things, but tackling low testosterone levels should definitely not be one of them. Uh, we need to keep our testosterone at peak levels, and that is absolutely crucial for all of us. So I'm sure you know all the horrible things associated with low T levels. If you don't, it's definitely not pretty. Uh, it's Google search away. But unfortunately, testosterone levels in men have been consistently decreasing over the last two decades. And it's actually one of the biggest conversations I have to have when working with men, which is why I decided to create the Warrior Dads Testosterone Booster Guide and Checklist. It's a free download. And all you have to do is go to checklist.warriordads.com. Uh, just download it, start, start implementing it, and start to feel the difference. So again, go to checklist.warriordads.com and get your free copy now. Being a dad isn't always easy, but it's the best thing I ever did. I'm constantly improving myself to be the best dad I can be through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and lifestyle. As fathers, we pass on many things to our children, such as our mindset, our habits, our attitude, and what we've learned along the way. Each of these will shape who our children are and who they will become. The Warrior Dad's mission is to help you become the healthiest version of yourself, to hone your edge, and to live with purpose. My name is Jim Bartomey, and this is the Warrior Dad's Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Warrior Dads Podcast. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dave Lanier, spelled L-A-S-N-I-E-R. I'm glad I asked him about it before, uh, before I just did the intro. Uh, Dave is the owner of Laser Fit in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He has worked in the fitness industry for the past 11 plus years and has worked with a wide variety of clients ranging all the way from obese and inactive people all the way to professional athletes. Working with such a diverse clientele, Dave has a very good understanding of the needs of the person in front of him and adapts the program to them. So I'm really, really happy to have him on the show because we're going to get in some really good conversation about having uh, some patience, being consistent, not going for just a really, really short while and then falling off the wagon. And he's going to give people some information of what they can do to sustain their progress uh, in fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, et cetera, uh, in the long run. So Dave, thanks so much for being on the show. Hey, Jim, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Pleasure. Um, so Dave, give everybody a little bit of a background about yourself and just, you know, kind of uh, your expertise in the health and fitness field and uh, we'll go from there, man. Yeah, sure. Um, so, uh, grew up a pretty active kid, uh, played a lot of different sports, was never a high level athlete in anyone in, in particular, but I really enjoyed trying new things, playing different sports. So I bounced around a lot, uh, tried pretty much everything. Um, so I didn't really have a, a high level career past the high school level. So, um, went to college, uh, got my degree in kinesiology. And um, that's also about the time when I started working out, hitting the gym, all that stuff. And I found a true passion for that and uh, wanting to help people get, get better uh, through, uh, through exercise, through fitness and health and nutrition. Um, so that's kind of how my, my career got started. So early on in my career, I was working uh, in commercial gyms as a personal trainer um, and helped a ton of people that way. Um, a lot of times to lose weight, that's what we see in, in just the, the general gym setting. And, um, you know, I've, I, I was enjoying it. Uh, but I also had in the back of my mind, always the, the goal to work with, with athletes. And mm -hmm. there wasn't too much that I grew up in the Montreal, Canada. So, uh, there wasn't a ton of opportunities in terms of 
training athletes either in the private sector or even at the the college level. Um, it, it was very minimal the, the the opportunities that we could find up there. So uh, you know, I started branching out through continuing education stuff through uh, books and DVDs and going to seminars, uh, going to the U.S. oftentimes in New York and Boston for uh, for different seminars and connected with some people and. Uh, 2010 ended up in the South Jersey um, for an internship with a company called Endeavor, um, and then um, they ended up hiring me. Been there for worked there for a couple of years, uh, and then got an opportunity to work in professional baseball with the Arizona Diamondbacks in the minor league system for a couple of years as a strength and conditioning coach. Nice. Um, and then came back um, to. Uh, to that facility in South Jersey after a couple couple years, um, that was a really great experience in pro baseball. The lifestyle was just so rough, and I was in my 30s, about to get married, and, and my wife knew we wanted to have kids um, pretty pretty early after getting married. So I was like, "There's no way I can do this this lifestyle while uh, while having kids and then being present for my kids." So um, that just I I'm like, "All right, well, I'll do I'll do it couple, for a couple of seasons, and then you know I'll go back to." To, to something different and something that's a little more stable in terms of, of schedule, in terms of, of being in the same location mm-hmm. year round. So I uh, did that. And then um, last year, started my own company, uh, Laser Fit Training. I, I have a bunch of uh, personal training clients. I have some uh, professional hockey players I train in the summer while they're, they're home from, from their season. And I uh, am the performance coordinator for baseball PDS uh, right outside of Philadelphia. And um, that's my main uh, my main gig right now. So uh, I've always kind of been super passionate about training, fitness, nutrition, health, helping people get better. And I've kind of been doing that through uh, all different sort of settings that I've uh, that I've been working in since uh, since I got started in the industry. Yeah, that's quite a resume, man. So you're training professional athletes when they come back, and you're other than that, you're working with more like minor league people or high school athletes, things like that? Yeah. Through that uh, baseball PDS company, we train mm-hmm. a lot of high school athletes during uh, the fall, winter, uh, until it's springtime when they, they, they go play ball. And then in the summer, we have a ton of, uh, you know, the, the, the same high school kids, but then we have a ton of college players as well. And then during the winter months, we have a few minor, minor league players who are uh, in this area and uh, that we work with. Nice. Nice. So you mentioned you were starting a family. How many kids do you have now? Uh, two young kids, two young boys, three, uh, just about to turn three in a couple of weeks. And my youngest one is one and a half and we have a third one on the way. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. When, uh, when do you do? Uh, do by December 29th. Oh, okay. So it's coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real, real fast actually. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe actually how fast the time is going. It's almost you know, in one month it'll be Halloween, you know, so. I know, right? It's crazy. Yeah. Awesome, man. So, um, so we're talking today about, yeah, and, and I think this is, you know, we're talking about how time's flying, you know, we're talking about December, right after that's January. So it's kind of fitting for anyone who's listening to this and going to be setting some New Year's resolutions, right? Um, mm-hmm. Because we're talking about how we cannot go crazy for just a short while and then fall off the wagon. Right. And this is super, super common in our industry, right. In the health and fitness and wellness space, you know, you see it at new year's, 
and then March, <laughs> it's like starts <laughs> yeah. to like yep. die down. Right. And, you know, so what, what do you think is the biggest contribution to that? And what is, what, what's the biggest message you say, or if someone says to you, you know, Dave, how do I, how do I not just fall off the wagon? How do I, what are some things I can do to be consistent and how do I implement patience and, and all that kind of stuff? What's something that you would say to that person? Um, it's in a way it's, it's a bit weird to say that, but like sometimes we just need to put the brakes on people. Um, when, like, like you said, like in those times of the year, when, you know, when, uh, new year comes around and people are super motivated and they want to lose weight or whatever other goals they might have, mm-hmm. um, a lot of times they just want to go all out. They want to start a new diet, start a super intense, uh, workout regimen. They want to go all in. Um, and a lot of times it's like almost putting a damper on, on their excitement, but it's, I feel like we, we need to, uh, bring them back to reality in the sense that, um, yes, you, if you start a diet and you go all out and a crazy workout program five, six times a week or whatever it might be, uh, you're going to see results. You're going to see results fast. But the problem with that is number one, it's really, really difficult to, to sustain in the long run. Uh, pretty much impossible, actually. And I, I've seen very few people through the years um, having those, you know, those those, uh, those motivations and being able to, uh, to sustain that in the long run. So a lot of times, like, they'll do it for one, two, three, four months maybe, and all of a sudden it's like they're exhausted and it's, it's just so hard to um, to manage those um, this, this time commitment to eating eating super healthy, and um, doing a lot in terms of, of training and working out with combining that with, with the stress of, of real life, you know, being able to um, go through your, your work days and um, the, the family life and the kids and all that stuff. It's, it's a lot, right? So, um, you know, yes, people would see results from doing that and oftentimes they do. But what I tell them is um, – so what, what's, what's going to happen uh, in, in three months from now? You know, what do you want? Do you want to be able to be to sustain this for 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 a year, two years for multiple years? Because in the end, I'm sure that's that's the goal for everybody. Right. They want to lose weight and they want to be able to keep it off. And if they they don't, they, they go with the approach of all in. Um, that's not going to work that way. They're, they're going to fall off the wagon. And all of a sudden, like next thing you know, they're 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 not doing anything anymore. They're not focusing on their diet. They're just eating whatever. Um, they're, they're completely off the, the, the working out wagon and, um, they're back to square one. So they're regaining all the weight and a lot of times they're slowing their metabolism through that, um, which kind of sets them back actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I, I, th- I think times- the, I think the going all in is, I think just the idea of going all in just like, like mentally when you're saying that, you know, cause when I think of going all in, I'm thinking like, all right, I'm committed to doing something, right. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the mentality that you have to have, but I think it's maybe just the tactics or burning yourself out. So maybe it's not going all in on the diet, but maybe it's the diet itself because it's not, um, maybe like you're saying, it's not sustainable, you know, yeah. so depending on what Absolutely. kind of quote yep. unquote diet they're doing, then, you know, you know, keto is really big right now. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people yep. are talking about keto and, but then you have the other people that are out there that are saying, well, you know, keto's, keto's good, but you don't have to be in ketosis all the time. Or, you know, you could just do the low carb diet and still get really, really good results. Mm-hmm. So, but if you think of like, all right, well, I'm going to do keto and I'm going to keep myself in ketosis the entire time instead of just like, you know, 
few weeks here and there, whatever yeah. it is, then, you know, you're going on, I mean, some people say less than 50 grams of carbs. Some people say less than 30 grams of carbs. Like, you know, I, I, I also have a hard time with my background thinking of one particular diet like that, like the ketogenic diet and just putting everybody in a box and say every single person would benefit from doing this oh, absolutely. all the time. Absolutely. You know yep. what I mean? And I just, I, I think any time in anything that we say that this is the right thing to do for every single person, mm-hmm. it, it's a little bit of a red flag should go up. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not like saying like every single person on the planet needs to drink water. Like obviously, cause that's what the human body is designed to drink. So it's not right. like that wouldn't be the best example, but just putting every single person in a box, uh, you know, I don't think is good, but I like the idea of going all in, but maybe it's just, they need to space it out a little bit more or at least just look at the protocol and see what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I agree totally. And, um, I, I do think that, that, that mindset is super important. Like you're saying, um, to what I was, what I was meaning by all in was more like, um, you know, going all in all the, the strategies you can use in terms of, of diet and in terms of exercise to, to throw yourself at all those things at the same time and, um, doing probably too much for what's sustainable for yourself. Uh, but I do agree that in terms of mindset, you do have to be all in and be focused on what you're what you're doing what you're doing and what your goal is yeah yeah i mean you know like you don't have to go to the gym for an hour and a half five six Mm -hmm. days a week you know i mean that would be that would be in excess right i mean i've even heard Mm -hmm. you know people like charles pollock and famous canadian strength coach you know Mm -hmm. who he is yep absolutely yeah so i mean he says you know the average person basically just needs four hours of exercise a week like you mm-hmm. can get really, really, really good results if you have a good solid four hours of training in every yeah. single week, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So yep. um, when you think of it like that and you think of how many hours are in the week, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I just don't know that people realize that. I think a lot of people think that they have to go to, to the extreme and do more than that. Yeah. Have you ever seen where you actually had to scale back how much somebody was doing to get them better results? Um, yeah, I've, I've seen that. And I see that with, um, with, with the athletes I train a lot of times. Um, you know, it's, it's funny working with athletes. Somebody would, would think that oh, those guys are all super motivated and they're all super focused on, on their workout and their nutrition and all that stuff. But um, the reality is that you're, you're dealing with, with human beings and human behavior just as much as when you're working with, um, you know, the, 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 the mothers or the dads out there who just wants to, to, to stay healthy and stay fit. You know, you, you have individuals that are more motivated than others and some of them that are going to want to go all, all out on, on, on everything and other people that will just need more motivation. So, um, yeah, some, sometimes you, you do have to do that with, with, with athletes and sometimes it's not, I don't always succeed to be honest, in, in terms of uh, putting the brakes on them because um, they just they just want to do everything. They just want to do everything, and it's it's hard to, to slow them down and stop them. But um, I try to do the best job I can in trying to make them understand that, uh, you know, it's consistency in, in the long run that's going to pay off. Right. So what's something you do for yourself? Like what's something that you've actually done to keep yourself consistent and – you know, have it, have it sustain in the long run. Um, for me personally right now, uh, would try to juggle the, the work life and the family life and everything else. 
is um, try to plan, you know, my, my, my days and my weeks ahead of time um, in terms of when I'm going to be uh, working out, when I'm going to be uh, taking care of, of my health and my fitness and um, planning is, 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 is huge because a lot of like, you know, the, the next thing you know is you'll just be overwhelmed with your everyday life and it's going to be really difficult to find the time to, to exercise. So that's something that I found a little bit challenging with, with having kids, especially and not having a ton of time for myself. Um, so I do have to kind of plan it out and schedule it to make sure that I'm, uh, I'm staying consistent with it. Right. Cause you're not working out with your clients. It doesn't sound like, right. I mean, I think that's no. kind of like a common misconception of like personal trainers or, you know, yep. coaches mm-hmm. or something like that. It's like, well, if you're, if you're training your clients, then you're also working out too, or you're, you know, you're working out all the time. But yeah. I mean, at least what I found in my experience is that, you know, you're there to train them. You're not, they're not hiring you to be a workout partner. Yeah, or exactly. Buddy, right. Yep. But I've known trainers that have worked out with their clients and it's just, I mean, I guess maybe in certain circumstances, like if you're kind of doing, you know, maybe like a buddy workout or, or you're doing something that's like a, a partner workout, mm-hmm. you know, then that could be beneficial and you're getting a little bit of exercise in there. But you know, you're not there to work out with them, right? I mean, yeah. you're there to like yep. watch their form and coach them and, and show them different things. So, mm-hmm. so what's a, so what's a typical day look like for you then? Um, my days are a little bit different based on, uh, my work schedule and, uh, the babysitting schedule or our daycare schedule with our kids. So our, our kids go to daycare, uh, two days a week. And, um, based on my work schedule, which is a little bit different, I, I usually don't have to, uh, to, to go to work until like three, four o'clock to, to, to go train my, my athletes. So, um, you know, some days I stay home with the kids, uh, during the day, some other days when they're in daycare, I have more time during the day. Um, but you know, I usually get up in the morning. I try to get up before my kids get up. So I have a little bit of time to, you know, situate myself, um, you know, make sure I, I hydrate myself and start moving a little bit, clean up the house before everybody gets up and start 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 the day you know pack, so you don't pack get your lunch, workout right? in first thing in the morning uh no i've done that before um it's just these days i i get home pretty late uh at night from work i get home between 8 30 and 9 at night for, from work so by the time I've, I've eaten dinner it's already 10 o'clock and if i you know i i would be probably cutting pretty short on my sleep if i was going to do it uh early in the morning with the type of schedule i have right now Okay. So you're, uh, it, you're eating pretty late then. I mean, you're, you're waiting until you get home to eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's not ideal. Actually, it's, uh, I've been trying to find a way around that because over the summer, my schedule was completely different and I was able to, uh, um, I would probably get out of work around four o'clock and I'd be home for, for dinner time with, with my wife and my kids. And that, I like that schedule a lot for that. Mm-hmm. I was eating way earlier, had a couple hours before I went to bed and I would go to bed earlier and I would, be able to wake up earlier as well. Um, but right now I'm like in this transition, I've, I've been transitioning to this later schedule since, you know, since school started basically. So I've been trying to play around with different uh, options, different, uh, different ways of doing things, but I'm, I'm having a hard time finding something that, that really works for, uh, for eating, for eating dinner um, earlier because I, I pack lunch to go to work and I would have to pack lunch and dinner. That would just, lot of food to, to, to bring to work. So I just eat dinner by the time I get home at this point. And, um, yeah, I, I do feel like it's affecting, uh, my sleep a little bit though. I think that's the way to go though, to pack both meals. You know I mean? And if, if, yeah. if, if they didn't have enough room, 
to keep, you know, in the refrigerator or something like that, depending on what you're bringing to eat. I mean, you could just bring it in like a cooler bag. Mm-hmm. You know, like we have, we bought something from like Costco, like months, months back that, you know, would probably be like perfect for that. You know, you just put your containers in there with a couple ice packs. It keeps it cold and, you know, and you're good to go. And you could always, if it's something you want to heat like room temperature, just leave it out for a little bit. Uh, if, you know, depending on what the facility's like, of course, but yeah, I think that might be the way to go. Mm-hmm. At least that's yeah. what I would try to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might try that. Yeah. Cause if they don't have a refrigerator, then you got to keep it cold and it's like, you know, you need, you need another option. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So cool. So, um, so back to, so, so some things that people can do then to, to sustain their long run, because that's, that's huge. Right. I mean, and again, like we said, people are going to be listening to this. People are going to be setting their new year's resolutions in a few months. And you know, what's, what's something that you can give people? What's, what's advice that you give to your clients? You know, I know you said you try to slow them down, but what's some advice you can give to your clients or that you can offer people that are listening to this and be like, look, this is, this is a better way to plan instead of just going all out balls to the wall, you know, 150%, you know, what's a better way to do it that will set them up to be consistent and turn it into a lifestyle habit instead of just, you know, uh, a sprint and then, you know, just walk for a long time, then sprint again and walk for a long time. Right. Um, yeah. And just to clarify things, I, I don't have to s- slow down everybody. It's, it's the ones who, uh, who tend to be, uh, try to, to do too much all the time that mm-hmm. I have to, to have that conversation with, but, um, it's, it's not necessarily the majority of them. Um, but I would say as, as a general rule, um, you know, I try to, to point my, my clients in the direction that, um, you know, pick, pick one or two habits at a time and try to apply that and, and see if you can stick with it. And when you're able to, you know, show that you can sustain that for a while, then keep adding on to that. And then you can build on, um, in, in that way. And then in the long run, you'll, you'll have just lifestyle habits that you're sustaining in, in, instead of just doing a crash diet that you're going to be falling off in, in two months. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And what kind of, what kind of size program do you typically recommend for that? And extra, um, um, nutrition plan, do you recommend for that, that the UC is more sustainable? Um, I try to, to get my, my, my clients and athletes to, to eat just whole foods as, as much as possible, right? Just try and stay away from, from the process stuff. A lot of the, the athletes I work with at the high school and college level, um, you know, they, they think packing lunch is, is, is bringing a, a ham and cheese sandwich and having a, uh, a quote unquote, like healthy protein bar on, on the side with that and having a, some crackers or something like that. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I, um, you know, I, I, I'm super passionate about the, the, the health and nutrition things. And I always try to dig deeper to, to learn more about it and the more i do that the more i realize that most people their their reality is that they just need to 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 understand the basics that they just need to eat more real food and um i I think that is is a big struggle for a lot of people because if if, when you tell them that you know bread might not be the best thing for you and then they're all like you know they're falling back back on on their ass and they're like what, wait, what? Like, what am I going to eat if I don't eat bread? <laughs> it's like, it's the only source of, of, 
of uh, fuel of fuel, <laughs> especially when it comes it comes and to pasta. lunch. It's like and yeah, pasta. people are like, wait, I can't have bread and pasta. It's like, wait, wait, do you live well, in a prison? Like, yeah, what, exactly. Is right? that all you eat anyway? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bread and water with a little bit of pasta. Like, you think that's you know solid diet? Yeah. So when you tell people that they're they're all lost and they're like, what am I going to eat if I can eat that? So it's like try to make them realize that there's a lot more out there and you can have a ton of variety just with you know meat fish eggs uh, fruits and vegetables and all you know that, that that kind of stuff so um just trying to get, get them to understand that and um you know when when they ask about like what should i be packing for lunch instead of, of, of a sandwich i'm like well what, what did you have for for, for dinner last night a lot, of, a lot of times they'll be eating dinner with their family so like the mom will cook so it's gonna be some sort of, of meat with some rice and vegetables or something like that i'm like well how about is there any leftover from, from dinner from last night? How about you packed after lunch? That would be a way better place to start. Yeah. You know, I actually recommend that a lot, you know, and I even take it a step further and I tell people to do the same thing for breakfast because I, mm-hmm. I like talking about rotation diets and I think there's a lot of benefit to that. And I've gotten a lot of good success myself and with my clients with rotation dieting and you know, basically getting enough variety in your food and there's a ton of other benefits to it that, you know, that we won't get into right now, but, um, you know, even preparing your meals and planning your meals and setting yourself up and thinking like, cause some people might say, well, I, I just have this, this, this for dinner. Like I can't bring that for lunch. It would be too hard. Okay. Well, why, how about start making some dinners that are delicious, that are easy, um, to make. And then also yeah. easy to bring for lunch, mm-hmm. kind of like stir fries, um, you know, with, the, with the colder weather starting to come in in the next couple of months. I, I'm a huge fan of chili. Like my son absolutely loves chili and we'll have mm-hmm. it for dinner, lunch, and then also breakfast too. So I, mm-hmm. I take it a step further and I have people try to wrap their head around, not just only having quote unquote breakfast foods for breakfast. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's great. And you know, I, I also, I think one of the other things about sustaining too, is that letting people know that they don't have to be perfect. Right. Do you ever, you ever yep. find this? It's like, you know, people think that they have to be perfect where like you tell them that they have to cut out bread. They think to themselves, I can never have bread again. And then <laughs> when they do have bread, then they're just like, Oh my God, Dave's going to be so mad at me or, you know, something. So I always give people an alternative. So, you know, I'll use Ezekiel bread myself. We use sour, mm-hmm. uh, fresh sourdough bread because, you know, when you're talking about from like a gluten-free perspective um, or, you know, digestive issues and stuff like that, I found that people have less digestive issues with a high quality sourdough bread um, mm-hmm. that's actually for in the room. Right. I've done studies on celiac patients and stuff like that with sourdough. So I don't know if you've, if you've come across or heard any of that, but just giving people other alternatives too, instead of just saying like, we'll just have Stroman's white bread or, you know, something like that. Actually, yeah. there's, a, there's another bread out there, Dave's, right? Dave's like protein bread or something yeah, like that. Yeah, so I, I saw that one recently in the in the food store actually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, just giving people alternatives too and letting people know that there's other options out there. Like, hey, you want to have a burger, that's fine. But, you know, make sure that the meat is high quality and, you know, maybe only have half of the bun or have no bun and just, you know, do a lettuce wrapper. Yep. Eat it with a fork and a knife or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or if you had a really good training day and you've been really good for a while for the whole week, then, you know, you can have a, a burger here and there. But Yeah. Yeah, it's funny you say that because a lot of times, like, that's exactly uh, what happens is, is, like, after we have that conversation, you know, the, they'll 
you know, one of the days after that, they'll, they'll come in and they'll have like either like a, a sandwich for, for lunch or they'll have like crackers on the side or something and be like, oh, Dave's going to be so mad when you see this. I'm like, I, I, that's not the point here. Like, I don't want you to think that I'm going to be mad at you because you eat this. I, I want you to understand that that might not be optimal for, for your body. That might not be the, the optimal way to fuel yourself. It's not about me being mad at you or giving you crap because you're you're eating that stuff. You know, it's it's uh it's it's a little bit past that. I know another situation that happens a lot is that they'll be like, when was the last time you ate bread? I, I bet you it's like six years ago. I'm like, no, you know what? It's uh, you know I, I I may have had pizza last Friday or something like that, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll be like, what you eat pizza? I'm like, every once in a while, yeah. It's it's all a matter of, of keeping things balanced. Right. I mean, you know, there's. <laughs> You know, with social media now, we can see so many people's habits and things like that. And there's some guys, you know, that I've seen on Instagram before, and they're just basically like getting right off of the stage of doing a, a physique competition. And they're mm-hmm. probably anywhere from, you know, five, six, seven percent body fat, super, super lean, right? And mm-hmm. they're getting off. And then in their Instagram story, you see them going to a bakery and then crushing like a box of donuts or a pizza. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, you know, obviously like the Rocks diet is, or the Rocks cheat day is all all out there for has been out there for years right he's got a stack of 12 pancakes right (laughs) four pizzas or something like that it is and a box of brownies uh, you know so but the thing is is that they're still going to be in good shape the next day like is their body going to be like shit man this like we don't feel so good after this yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. like it's not optimal fuel right but it's not going to change the way they look overnight and, yeah. you know, the body's efficient. I always tell my clients it's the body's efficient, but it's not that efficient where all of a sudden you're just packing on 10 pounds of fat overnight or even five pounds of fat overnight. It's like your body's not going to do that. So like, it just becomes mental at that point and creating this non-symbiotic relationship with food and looking at it as a source of fuel instead of like this source of evilness that's going to alter the way that we look. In mm-hmm. just like this short amount Absolutely. of time, it's like that's not a healthy relationship to have with food, right? Exactly. And just like the, the idea of, you know, having a, a cheat meal or a cheat day is like, what, what are you actually cheating? I think it, it was um, Rob Wolf through uh, one of his podcasts or his, one of his book that said something like there's, there's no su- such thing as, you know, a cheat day or a cheat meal. It's you, you need to understand that everything you put in your body has an effect on your body. And that's, that's the bottom line. You know, it's, there's no such thing as, as cheating on the diet or cheating on yourself. That's interesting. I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah. So, I, I, I like so that. He, he's basically saying that he never has like a quote unquote cheat day or he just doesn't call it a cheat day. He looks no, at I think it he as doesn't, a different way. Yeah. I think he, it's more like he sees it in, in something different. Um, because a lot of times when you, you'll, you will have something that, you know, might not be part of your optimal diet and you'll have a slice of pizza or something like that, then people will kind of be hard on themselves because of that. Be like, Oh, I cheat on my diet. And, um, and a lot of times like that might be what leads them to just falling off the, the wagon completely. Um, so you just need to understand that, okay, you did something, you, you know, you're, ingesting something that might not be optimal for your body uh it might might make you feel a certain way but it's it's not the end of the world you can still focus on your next meal and you're gonna be right back on track so i think it's more of a um he uses it more as a uh, as a way a different way to, to see things rather than seeing 
see something uh, that you're cheating yourself or cheating your diet. Yeah. And I've heard other people talk about it as a reward day too, you know, but I, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, it's like, you know, if we're rewarding ourselves, quote unquote, rewarding ourselves or thinking of it in that way with, with crap, then what is that really saying about the food that we're trying to eat? That's doing good for us. Right. Right. Yeah. So we're still resenting, we're still resenting the stuff that we're putting in our body because we're basically saying, Oh, well, we're rewarding ourselves for doing good. But I just was like, I, I don't know if I agree with that either. You know what I mean? It's yeah, just like no, absolutely. allow yourself yep. to indulge and have some things that, you know, weren't here 10,000 years ago on earth and, uh, and just chalk it up to, you know, whatever you're like, you know, you're just, you're just having a, like you said, a pizza or something like that. But just because you had two slices of pizza doesn't mean you have to eat the entire 16 inch or 18 inch yeah. pizza, right? Like you don't have exactly. to go balls to the yep. wall with that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you allow yourself to have a couple of pieces of pizza and then just move on. Like it's just, it's just pizza. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. yeah, I think that's, I think that's good sound advice, you know I mean? Because at the end of the day, we want to, we want to stay on that path. We want to stay on that journey and continue to better ourselves. And just because, you know, um, we fall off, it's not a determining factor, right? Yeah, exactly. Cause we say, you know, in other areas of everybody else's life, you know, they say, if you fall down, you know, it's not about how, you know, hard you fall. It's about how, you know, fast you get, you know, pick yourself back up and, you know, get back at it or, you mm-hmm. know, falling yep. off the horse and get back on the horse. Right. So it's exactly. the same, you know, we should, we need to apply these kinds of concepts and ideas with lifestyle and diet. It's like, okay, you missed one day of working out. That doesn't mean you missed the entire week. But mm-hmm. I think some people have that zero to hundred mentality. We're like, Oh, well I missed it today. I might as well just take off the rest of the week. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, actually I had someone told me, the, I actually had someone tell me one time that they missed, they, they were planning on, we were working on their breakfast, right? And okay. they wanted to change up what they were having for breakfast instead of just the same old thing and try to incorporate a little bit more protein and fat with the breakfast. So they were planning on having eggs that one morning. They had gone, gone out over the weekend and gotten eggs and they were planning on having eggs on Monday morning, right? And I don't think it was like the classic, oh, I'm going to start on Monday type deal. It was just, that was the, that was the next day or whatever. Okay. And we had our coaching call. I think it was the next day after that. Maybe it was like the Tuesday or Wednesday. And I said, well, how did, how did the eggs go for breakfast? You know, how, how did, how did you feel? You know, did you notice any difference in your energy and all that kind of stuff? And they said, well, I didn't have the eggs. And it must've been a Wednesday because I said, well, how about yesterday? And I said, well, because I didn't have them on Monday, I just figured I'd have them next Monday. Hmm. And I said, whoa, 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 time out. What the hell are you talking about? Like, did you just hear what you said out loud? You didn't have eggs on Monday. So instead of having them the next day, you know, for whatever reason, they didn't have them on Monday. Instead of having them the next day, you wanted to wait an entire week right. to have eggs that you just bought. <laughs> what, what, I don't understand that, you know? So yeah. I feel like that's that zero to hundred mentality that, yeah. and then yep. they said to themselves, oh my gosh, you're right. Like, I really just said that out loud. That's, that <laughs> doesn't make any sense. And I, and they didn't think of it until I said something to them. Mm-hmm. But it was that, so that was completely normal for them. So you know, I think yeah. some, sometimes it's about breaking our own patterns. And yeah, having that person sure. to kind of hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So, in your opinion, how long does it really take to con- to create a different pattern and to create the consistency and the patience 
like how long does it take to realistically work on that so that you can sustain in the long run? Like it's, it's not just one month, right? I mean, someone goes, you know, even if they go all out for one month or they're actually, you know, they don't go all out to the extreme, but they're consistent and they stay with it and they have the good mindset. It's going to take longer than a month or two months or something like that. So in your opinion, how long does it take to really set yourself up for success? You know, two years, three years, 10 years from now. Um, you know what? I think the answer might be a little bit different for, for, for everybody because everybody's going to have a, a different path with it. And, uh, not everybody's going to be able to be successful with their, their, their habit, uh, modifications, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, go, going with a couple, couple habits at a time, one or two at a time, try to see if you can stick with it for two, three weeks. Um, however long you feel it, 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 you need to feel comfortable with it and feel like it's part of your new routine. Then you start building onto that. Um, you know, I would say it takes, it would take you like at least like four or five months, maybe, maybe more. Um, and it's always something that's kind of building upon the, the last, the, the, the next habit is always building on upon the last. And it's, it just takes a while. And you, you got to understand that it's, you're trying to play the long game here. You're trying to, to look, and feel your best, you know, and in five years from now and 10 years from now, you're not just trying to, to win a competition in three months from now. And then, you know, all hell breaks loose. Right. And you know, I, I tell people too, that you have to think you're, you're undoing a lot of stuff too, right? So you're yeah. not, you're uh, not yep. just trying to create new habits from, you know, you're also trying to undo old habits and, yep. and rewire those old patterns. So that yeah. takes some time too. Cause if you've been doing, you know, your normal routine for the last 10 years, 20 years, you know, how much, how much time is it going to take to undo 10 or 20 years worth of either bad habits or, you know, things like that. So you have yeah. to kind of look at it that way and be realistic. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, t- uh, tell people a little bit, uh, not, not a little bit, tell people where they can find out a little bit more about you and uh, if they want to follow you on social media or your website, tell people where they can find you. Uh, yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram as, as uh, at uh, LaserFitDad, uh, at Twitter at David Lanier. Um, I have a Facebook page with my uh, business. It's just called LaserFit Personal Training. I have my website called LaserFitTraining.com. Um, and that's, yeah, that's it. Okay. I think at least on my end, it just like broke up there, but it was laserfittraining.com. Yes. And then the spelling for the Twitter, it's David, D-A-V-I-D, and then Lanier, it's L-A-S-N-I-E-R, right? Yeah. Yeah. Good okay. to spell it out because usually uh, people don't, don't are a little confused with that. I'd imagine they'd leave out the S. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. All right, Dave, as with every episode, we end with 10 questions for our guests inspired by James Lipton and Bernard Pivot. Um so question number one, who is your hero? Um, I, that's a tough one for me to answer. Um, I, I don't, I don't know that I have one to be honest. Um, yeah, boring answer, but <laughs> I just don't know that I have one. <laughs> okay. What excites you? Um, my kids, uh, seeing them, play and then and, and grow up and spending time with my family um just having a, a ball with that and helping people uh get better through my through my job um uh, helping athletes get get better and change their their habits and all that stuff and just seeing them see results it just it's really exciting when when things click for them and i can witness that and just be part of of helping them 
go through that process. Awesome. What turns you off? Um, you know, laziness in a way, um, because there's different ways why you can be lazy, but people who want things, but are not willing to put in the effort to, to get to where they want to get and achieve the goals they want, they want to achieve. Um, and a lot of times, like we, we've, we've, we've been talking about on this podcast, it's, it's not necessarily going like all out in terms of, you know, doing everything all at once in terms of changing your habits and all that stuff. But sometimes it's just doing one little thing at a time and building upon the last one. And, you know, that, that can lead you like to a lot of success down the road, but people who just make excuses and are not doing anything for what they really want to achieve. I, that turns me off a little bit. Okay. What's your favorite sound? My favorite sound. Um, that's going to be very Canadian of me, but probably the, the sound of uh, ice skates on the ice. Nice. What's your least favorite sound? Um, my alarm clock. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite quote or saying? Um, favorite quote. I don't know. I don't know if I have one. Nothing the, comes to mind, at least. Okay. In a couple words, what should a dad be? Um, a dad should be present. Should be there for his kids. Um, should be involved in their life. Should be taking care of them. And um, understanding that those little human beings just, just need the support and the love. And they need to feel that from, from their dad. And they need to, to be there for them. In a couple words, what should a dad not be? Um, I guess it's, it's just going to be the, the opposite of, of the answer I just gave is absent not being there for them. Mm -hmm. If you could try any other profession, what would it be? Um, firefighter, I think. Firefighter? Yeah. Nice. And finally, what would you like to be remembered for? Uh, just somebody who cared a lot for for his family and for the, pe the people he's worked with and um, somebody who was always there to help. Awesome. David, thank you so much for hopping on the show. Again, if you want to, anybody listening wants to learn more about David, his programs, uh, follow him on Insta Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's laserfittraining.com is the website. Laserfitdad on Instagram. David Lanier, which again is spelled L-A-S-N-I-E-R on Twitter. And then um, Facebook again was what? Laser, laser uh, fit personal laser, training. Uh, which one was that? Sorry. Facebook? Uh, Facebook, yeah. It's uh, LaserFit Personal Training. Awesome. Uh, Jim, thanks a lot for the opportunity. Really uh, appreciate that. That was, uh, it was great. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. Have a great one. Thanks. You too. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Warrior Dads podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, please subscribe, leave comments, and share it with someone you think would benefit from listening as well. Thanks again, and keep on being a Warrior Dad.